0: Howdy. This is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Friday, March 3rd, 2023, I wish you the happiest of National If Pets Had Thumbs days. On today's show, this is actually our first show in which we are previewing a game that we've already previewed once before. So, If you're a listener of the show, if you've been a listener for a while, you hopefully heard the Michigan State preview the first time Michigan State and Ohio State played. So today, we will preview this game yet again. This time, rather than giving a more robust preview of Michigan State as a whole, which is what we typically do the first time around with a team that Ohio State plays, this time we're going to go back and review again how the first game went, which, spoiler alert, was probably Ohio State's worst game all season. We'll move on from that, and we'll talk about how Michigan State has been since then. They've played four games, had one game canceled, and then we'll preview this meeting. Now, before we head out for today's show, I'm going to give a little teaser. We're going to talk about Big Ten tournament scenarios, who Ohio State could play on Wednesday for the Big Ten tournament. As of right now, there are three possibilities technically for ohio state two that are more likely than the other that are kind of a toss-up i guess you could say right now we'll talk about that before we head on out of here but i appreciate you being here to preview michigan state for the second time this season this time playing of course in east lansing rather than columbus by the way If you haven't subscribed, if you haven't followed, please just tap the button. It'll take 30 seconds. No, it'll take 10 seconds. Probably by the time you unlock your phone, click follow or subscribe on whatever your platform of choice is. And then that way I can shut up. But when I see we have more people listening to the show than are subscribing, the math doesn't quite add up there. So I've got to say something. Sorry. It's just, it has to be said. And if no one else here is going to say it, then I guess I will. I can't have an unpaid intern, as we've spoken about. The budget does not allow at this point, so I've got to do all the dirty work. Sorry. Sorry about it. Let's preview Michigan State for the second time. Are we excited to be here, by the way? Ohio State has won two games in a row. They're playing well. We're heading into March. We're now in March with Ohio State winning two straight games. If there's a team you don't want to play on a Wednesday of the Big Ten tournament, it's probably Ohio State because Most of the other teams playing on that Wednesday are also not very good, so you probably don't want to play a team that is playing well. But the Ohio State University Buckeyes, like I said, fresh off of a couple wins, they're playing well. Of course, they just beat Maryland on Wednesday night. On Sunday, they pick up a big win. Over Illinois, this is a Buckeye team that if you've tuned out and decided to stop paying attention to them, maybe you're focused on spring training, maybe you're like all the other Ohio State media outlets right now who are covering football, that's not us. I said in our trailer episode that will never be us. We're just simply going to talk about Ohio State basketball year-round regularly scheduled you'll know where to find us as long as you follow and subscribe also find us on twitter at the shop pod i tweeted a nice video today you should go look at it it'll give you some good feelings some good emotions here on this friday we're not focused on the nfl draft when ohio state has a game to play the very next day we're not focused on spring practice or anything like that we're talking ohio state hoops this is the place to be i'm telling you i'm telling you okay Let's move on and actually talk about Michigan State. So the last time Ohio State and Michigan State played, that was one of five or six games that I have attended at the shot this year in which I viewed the game at the shot. This podcast called Views from the Shot. Cool play on words there. I'm very clever, I know. But Michigan State won 61-42, to 42 and I could have taken a nap at the game. It was by far the worst atmosphere that I experienced probably ever for an Ohio State basketball game, other than for a small portion of the second half where Ohio State made a bit of a push to get back into the game. It was a horrible environment, a horrible atmosphere. It was just boring being there. You might as well have watched the game on the TV. It had about that same amount of energy where you could probably have, I don't know, your your small child or a pet napping in the background. It just, it, it wasn't good. Anywho, Ohio State loses 61-42. to A couple stats from this one. Number one, and if you heard the, the review episode from Views from the Shot, you know a lot of these stats already, but I'll just bring them back because, man, feels like a long time ago. It was kind of a long time ago, but now that Ohio State has won two games in a row, it's like, how in the world was this the same team? It's It just doesn't make any sense. But 61-42, final score. The only game this season where Ohio State has shot below 30% from the field. In the first half, they had 14 points. That is not a typo. That is not me misspeaking. 14 first half points. Ohio State football would not be pleased if they had 14 first half points against Michigan State. Or anyone else. Regardless of the opponent. Ohio State football, at least, has the expectation... Go score 17, 20, 21 at the half. The Ohio State basketball team, 14 points. 41 total points, sorry, 42, are the lowest since at least 1996. Again, no one paid intern. Can't look back further than that, but that's what I've got. And they shot 19.2% from the field in the first half. It wasn't much better in the second half but it was pretty dang bad in the first not only that but Ohio State in the entire game they shot six of 29 from deep now if you remember which you probably don't but I'll remind you anyway or inform you for the first time if you didn't know as a part of the keys to that game I said for Ohio State to win they need to start shooting more threes they're a good three-point shooting team they'll make some shots from deep well They did shoot more. They followed that directive, making them, on the other hand, was a very, very tall task for Ohio State in that one. On the Michigan State side, Joey Hauser, he was 6 of 9 from 3. He would not make it stop raining, as if you were in the Columbus area today, you know all about the raining not stopping. Joey Hauser, 22.6 of 9 from 3. He was relentless against Ohio State, even deep into the second half, when Michigan State could have just put in their backups, which at some point they did. Shout out Steven Izzo. Joey Hauser kept shooting and kept making them. As a team, Michigan State shot 52% from the field. Both teams had the same amount of turnovers. They each had 11. But Michigan State, at the end of the day, this game was decided by one team making more shots than the other. That was pretty much it. A lot of the stats are pretty even. Michigan State did have more rebounds than Ohio State, but maybe that's a byproduct of when you miss a lot of shots, the other team is typically going to go out there and get more defensive rebounds. So there's that. Individual performers from Ohio State, not good. Bryce Sensabaugh, a guy that we're wondering if he'll go to the NBA draft. Incredible talent, can score anywhere on the floor. He went 3 of 14 against Michigan State, but not to be outdone, Just Suing, his field goal percentage even worse. He was 2 of 11. Roddy Gale, 2 of 6. And Ohio State's lead scorer, their lone player to score in double digits in this one, was Sean McNeil, who scored 10 points. Just barely got there, did Sean, into double digits. And he was still 4 of 13 from the field. So an abysmal offensive performance By Ohio State, which if you watch the first two minutes of that game or three minutes of the game, Ohio State made a couple threes, you're like, oh man, maybe they've got something here. They did not, in fact, have something there on that Sunday afternoon in the Schottenstein Center. Ohio State whipped from the start to the finish, really did not play close in that game for 95% of it. And the the abysmal season, the gut punches continued for the Ohio State basketball team. But look at us now. How thankful can you be looking at Ohio State basketball game in March saying we've won two games in a row? I bet back after that Michigan State loss, you probably thought Ohio State would not win another game. How about not winning not one, but two games since then and two in a row? That's impressive. One over a ranked team, another over rankings are irrelevant i'm sorry but top 25 whatever i don't care about that if you look at rankings you're not impressed with the win over illinois if you look at rankings you think michigan state isn't a very good team rankings top 25 don't matter a lot more than that if you're a skilled college basketball fan and watcher of the game you know that but still a ranked win over maryland give ohio state credit there now they're heading into march on march 4th tomorrow. They will be deep into March at this point, if you can be, in the college basketball season. They'll be here playing an important game against Michigan State. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be senior day, but we'll see if Ohio State is up to the task. Now, let's talk about Michigan State. Since they beat Ohio State, they've played four games in a pattern of loss-win, loss-win. They also had a game against Minnesota canceled in there at this point in the season, they sit at 18 and 11 on the year and 10 and 8 in the Big 10 conference. Now, as you should expect, although that game was played in early-ish February, it was actually played on Super Bowl Sunday. If if you recall, that that game, you're into Big 10 play a little bit, but teams in power conferences are probably going to rise a little bit with a couple of wins or even with losses in the not rankings but the chem the nets the bpis all those different types of rankings that you may use just because you're playing a lot of good teams over and over again and you're going to pick up some wins but again michigan state just two and two since they played ohio state the last time they've got wins over indiana and nebraska nebraska by the way not playing all that poorly as of recently and then they had that Weird slash unreal overtime loss to Iowa a couple Saturdays ago. And then they also lost to Michigan since then. So Indiana, a pretty marquee win in the Big Ten. Nebraska, a good win. I'll say it. Nebraska is a team that I think is an okay college basketball program, at least this year. And then that weird loss to Iowa, they could very easily be 3-1 and since then, then a loss to Michigan, I think, by 12 or so. So Michigan State, In the Big Ten, playing, at least in the Big Ten this year, about as well as everyone else. Heading into their analytics types of metrics that you may look at, or other words that I can throw in there to try to make the sentence make sense when I don't know where my brain is moving me to. Ken Palm. They are 27th now in Ken Palm. That is up 15 spots since the first time Michigan State and Ohio State played their ranked 42nd in Ken Palm. I believe at that point, they were still three spots behind Ohio State at the time of the game when Ohio State was firmly reeling. They were in an, an avalanche mudslide. Their house was on fire. A tsunami was coming. I can't even spit the, the word out correctly With a with a tornado impending as well and a hurricane to clean everything up the the worst spot that Ohio State had been in this season was after that Michigan State loss. In my opinion, you can disagree, that's fine, but that was a horrible game for Ohio State. Yet, going into that game, Ohio State was still somehow ranked higher, at least by computers, and at least in the Ken Palm, than Michigan State was. At that time, I laughed at it. At this time, I just speak about it. I will not laugh. Michigan State, 31st in net rankings as well. That's up 10 spots. They've got two more losses in Quad 1 since then. No wins in Quad 1 since then, but playing in the Quad 2, obviously getting some wins in in that area of, of the net rankings and, and how all that works. Michigan State slowly rising. And now at 18-11, again, 10-8 in the Big Ten. This is a team that most likely is, is well on their way to yet another appearance in the NCAA tournament. Now, in terms of offensive, defensive play for Michigan State, as of right now, they're 47th in adjusted offensive efficiency, they're 33rd in adjusted defensive efficiency. Remember, when we previewed Michigan State, the first time we remember, or at least I remember, maybe you remember too, or you don't, I got to stop talking about what you may or may not remember. Probably somewhat irrelevant to the show, but I'm saying it regardless. Anyways, they are up nearly 30 spots in adjusted offensive efficiency since the first time these two teams met. There's one player who I believe is really the spark to that. And then dropping a couple spots in adjusted defensive efficiency when there's 367 teams or something like that. In NCAA, Division One, really means nothing. But, but a jump in, I think, 27 spots, nearly 30 in adjusted offensive efficiency, that's really solid for Michigan State. Now, heading into this meeting individually, how has Michigan State changed as a team? Well, not much in comparison to other teams in the Big Ten, like Ohio State, for example. But worth mentioning, Tyson Walker has kind of emerged for Michigan State as the most consistent scorer for the Spartans. He scored 19 points or more in three of four games. He went off for over 30 in that wild game against Iowa. That ended up being a loss. But Tyson Walker, as of right now, really becoming kind of the guy for Michigan State. Against Nebraska, when Michigan State won by 13, he was 6 of 13 from the field, 3 of 4 from the 3-point line, 4 of 5 from the free throw line, scored 19 points, pulled down 5 rebounds, had a couple of assists. So he's playing well. If you look back, again, against Iowa, he went off for 31, had a bunch of 2-pointers, and that one didn't shoot much from deep. But then in in Michigan State's win against Indiana, that 15-point win, that the Spartans had this was a game where he did shoot the ball from deep he was five of seven from three so Tyson Walker is starting to show that he can really lead this team and anchor offensively for Michigan State Joey Hauser on the other hand he continues to shoot threes he's probably as I speak this sentence before this sentence ends which it will be a long one by the nature of how I'm carrying it out, Joey Hauser will have shot about four three-point attempts right now. As that sentence went on, he probably shot about four three-pointers. He just continues to shoot from deep. That's pretty much all he does. Well, it's not all he does, actually. That that would be rude of me to say, and and far be it from me to reduce Joey Hauser to just a shooter. He's also a quality rebounder, and he's got some length on him too. Nice little wingspan and some height of course, to go along with it. So he continues to shoot the ball from deep at a very high volume, probably more than just about anyone in the NCAA. I didn't look it up. Again, no one paid intern, sorry. But Hauser continuing to shoot a lot and also making a lot of threes for Michigan State. So as a team for Michigan State, again, with a coach like Tom Izzo, they haven't really changed all that much in my opinion in terms of how they play, in terms of how they distribute their minutes as well. Uh, Mati Cisco is is still starting for Michigan State at the post. And then you've got, of course, A.J. Hogard along with Tyson Walker. Jaden Atkins getting some playing time as well for Michigan State. Atkins, a guy who can shoot the three at times as well. So that starting lineup has remained pretty much similar. And then you've got Malik Hall coming off the bench, playing the majority of minutes Off the bench with a couple other players mixed in there as well for Sparty. But all in all, Michigan State a pretty similar team. Steven Izzo, by the way, if you are on Steven Izzo watch, which you should be, which we all should be on Steven Izzo watch, he has played in one game of these three and he has not scored still. So we're still waiting to see the Steven Izzo breakout game. I'm rooting for it, of course. Now, you need to be aware this is senior day and this is the 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 son of Michigan State head coach Tom Izzo. So, it's senior day, it's his son. He's a fan favorite, a guy who's averaged a whopping 1.2 minutes per game and that's only in games that he's played he's only played in 34 games in his four-year career at Michigan State and he has never scored a point so I'm just gonna put this out here if you can find anywhere anywhere where you invest in the outcome of sporting events that is to say gamble on sports just be advised, okay? Understand it's senior day. It's Steven as though he's never scored. If you can put any money on him potentially scoring, I think this might be the time to do so. Keys to the game for this one, and then we'll briefly talk about some Big Ten tournament scenarios. Number one thing for Michigan State is their guard play. It has been. That's kind of Tom Izzo's types of teams. And again, that's what we see this year for Michigan State. If you can some way force Michigan State to have to score not necessarily in the painted area with your guards or not necessarily miss a bunch of threes. But number one, if you can just force Tyson Walker and these guards not to be the most relevant of players in this one look joey hauser is going to make some threes that's totally fine that's the player he is if joey hauser goes four seven from deep that's fine but don't let tyson walker go score 25 don't let a.j hogard go out and drop 18 or something like that you can let hauser get his i'm not going to ask ohio state to force joey hauser to not shoot a three because he just simply will shoot and because of his length too He can rise up over just about anyone. But just limit the guard play. This was a key that I had in the, the first game as well against Michigan State. Limit the guard play. The second key to this game that I would mention is, I don't know exactly how to term it, but I will by the time I'm done talking about this. Can we allow or can we encourage Ohio State and specifically can you if you're Ohio State continue to lean on their their ability to score Ohio State Chris Holtman teams not typically known for defense but can you just continue to show fluidity offensively moving the ball well crisps sets being able to move the ball around the key and into the paint, kicking it out. Ohio State's ball movement has been really, really good in the past couple of games, even against Penn State when they did lose. Keep playing well offensively. Keep doing what you're doing on that side of the ball. Defensively is what it is. But if you can essentially continue to build off of what you've built to this point offensively, That's going to be great to see. You don't want to see Ohio State go out there and and lose by 20. You don't want to see them lose by even 15. Like You want Ohio State to be in this game for the entirety of it and continue to have some momentum as they head into the Big Ten tournament. So those would be my two keys to the game. Speaking of the Big Ten tournament, if you're curious about what may happen with the ohio state buckeyes in the big 10 tournament again they've been locked in at the 13 seed for a while now there's three teams so that they could potentially play in the big 10 tournament now it's most likely going to be nebraska or wisconsin if the season ended today it would be nebraska both nebraska and wisconsin sit at 8 and 11 on the big 10 season but nebraska owns the tiebreaker due to a win over Wisconsin in overtime on February 11th. Now, here's where it stands right now. This would be helpful if you could visualize it, but you can't, so that's that's it is what it is, I guess, at this point. Nebraska again sitting at 8 and 11 as is Wisconsin, both of the both of those teams tied at 8 and 11 right now. What does that mean? Well, if things say as they are, Currently, Ohio State will take on Nebraska. Now your question may be, who does Nebraska play? By the way, every single Big Ten game to close a year is on Sunday, except for Ohio State and Michigan State. I don't know why they're playing on Saturday and everyone else is on Sunday. Maybe there's a reason out there. Maybe there's not. But if there is a reason, I don't know it. Anyways, Wisconsin, Nebraska tied at 8-11. and Nebraska is playing at Iowa on Sunday. Wisconsin, on the other hand, is playing at Minnesota. So a little bit of a difference there between the two programs that these two teams are facing. Iowa, of course, very, very solid. They've kind of been surging as of late, especially up the Bracketologists, those who study the science of brackets and March Madness. They are flying up those seed lines right now is Iowa, And Wisconsin playing against Minnesota, who, of course, somehow, Minnesota pulled off an upset this week. Shout out to them. But being at home, they'll have to do it against Wisconsin as well. That was Minnesota's second win in Big Ten Conference play this year. We thought it was bad for Ohio State. Imagine being a fan of Minnesota basketball. Anyways, Nebraska 8-11, Wisconsin 8-11. My prediction would be, or at least the odds makers would say, Nebraska – Would lose this game, Wisconsin would win this game, and that would move Wisconsin up, and Ohio State would then play. Nebraska so with Nebraska owning the tiebreaker right now Ohio State is in line to play Wisconsin however if we see a loss by Nebraska a win by Wisconsin Wisconsin would then play against the Buckeyes the other team is Penn State now they have a game advantage over Wisconsin and Nebraska so here's What needs to happen in order for Ohio State to play Penn State in the first round? Penn State, they would need to win against Maryland. That's a tough task. And then you would need to see Nebraska lose to Iowa. You need to see Wisconsin lose to Minnesota. And then you've got tie-breaking procedures coming in as well. So it's very unlikely, if not impossible, for Ohio State to play Penn State. It's probably going to be Nebraska or Wisconsin Which of those teams would I like to play more? I lean Wisconsin just simply because Nebraska is playing better basketball right now and they've got one of my favorite point guards in the nation and I hate to root against them, but I would lean toward go ahead and give me Wisconsin. We'll see how those two teams close out the season and then go from there. Now, if Ohio State were to win that game, the matchup between the 12 and the 13, they would face any combination of every single other team in the Big Ten other than themselves, other than the team that they beat, and other than Purdue or Minnesota. All of the other seeds right now are essentially up for grabs. Disclaimer, I did not look into tiebreakers, but on the surface, that's at least how it looks. There's six teams tied at 11-8, and eight, so a lot to be played for here this weekend in the final game of the Big Ten regular season getting wrapped up. So we'll see what happens. Before we get to any of that, of course, Ohio State has to take on Michigan State. So on Saturday, if you're a Buckeye fan, hopefully you'll be able to tune in and watch Ohio State, Michigan State take each other on. Hopefully, at this point as well, you'll be excited to hear my reaction, which will actually come on Monday morning rather than Sunday due to some scheduling and travel conflicts sorry for the lateness if you don't end up listening I completely understand but I will not forgive you I appreciate you joining today for this Michigan State preview as the Buckeyes take on the Spartans here on Saturday now there's only one thing left to do I will shut up before you shut me off and go Bucks.